0: Welcome to the Experts Speak podcast with Michael DeLon. Each episode features a leading expert who shares helpful insights, practical tips, and memorable stories that will inspire you, educate you, and help you enjoy more success, freedom, and purpose in your life. For the next few minutes, enjoy listening to Experts Speak with Michael DeLon.
1: Welcome to another episode of Experts Speak. I'm Michael DeLon, and today I am talking with Chad Brown. Chad, thanks for uh, squeezing me into your oh-so-busy schedule,
0: dude. Oh, Michael, I'm so grateful to be here. I was, As we popped on, I was shoving granola bar into my mouth because it's just (laughs) back-to-back for me today, but I just really appreciate the time. It's an honor.
1: Well, you are welcome, man. It is going to be a great conversation. So Chad is the... uh, He's an associate partner with Take New Ground. They're a leadership development company, but at least that's how I position you. And he's the host of the Naked Leadership Podcast. I love that name. Um, and we're going to talk all things leadership today. But uh, as we get into that, chat, tell me, how in the world did you get to doing what you do today?
0: Well, uh, my favorite thing to t- to say when I get asked that question is that I got here through a lot of failure, oh. a lot of failure yeah and, uh, and, and, and I wouldn't have it any other way, but basically, the, the short of it is, 2007, I decided to create a real estate investment company. And this is a company where we were building spec properties and matching up investors to the properties, and then we would split the profits. So it's all new build. and you know, and everybody in 2007, 2008 is what? Killing yeah. it in real estate.
1: Right. What's wrong?
0: It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we dove in. We dove into the deep end right away, as I like to do everything. And uh, we were sitting on about 46 different properties, new build properties, when the floor fell out of all of the real estate market in 2000, late 2008, early 2009. Nearly overnight, I felt like I had lost everything, which I really, I mean, physically, we did. We lost our home. We lost our cars. Uh, it was a rough, rough, failure. And at that moment, I decided I was never, you know, I really got into that realm of real estate for the money. Mm -hmm. Saw a lot of people making a lot of good money. I was very into that idea. And so I thought, hey, man, I'll just try my hand at this. I didn't have a passion for it, or I didn't create a passion for it. And I didn't, there was no way I thought I was going to make a difference in the world with it. It was just a money grab. And that was my biggest mistake because I didn't own it. I didn't do my homework, all of that, you know, all that stuff that I could have done to actually realize and recognize uh, what was actually happening in the market. And I was way over leveraged and undereducated. And so um, that all happened. I decided at that moment, I was never going to do anything for money again, just for money again, uh, that I wanted to be able to make a difference with what I was going to do And so that drove me to create a a video production company, actually. I realized realized at that moment that I loved doing it in high school, never thought I could have a career doing it, just was a hobby, something I really loved doing, telling stories, evoking emotion with people. And I decided I was going to try my hand at this. And so moved to Southern California, found somebody else who was doing it really well, who I thought I could learn from, and I partnered with them. We quickly grew. Uh, like uh, like uh, head-spinningly fast, working for large companies like Volkswagen, uh, mm-hmm. Target, Pixar Animation Studios, doing a lot of promotional work for them, and um, and I was a terrible, terrible leader of people. Mm. We were brilliant at the product that we created. We were really good at selling our clients, and we were horrible to work for. And at this time, you know, uh, two or three years into that that business, we're working, I'm traveling, me and my business partner and our team are traveling over 300 days out of the year. And we're working ourselves to the bone. We're working them to the bone. We're expecting them to invest in this company. And through a few things that happened, um, all of that kind of started to feel like, you know, not started to, it really felt like it was on, it was something that could topple over it, you know, and our turnover was high with people. We didn't have good relationships with our editors and our cinematographers. And um, so my business partner and I looked at each other. We said, this isn't working. We're not proud of the dads we've become. We're not proud of the husbands we've become. We're not proud of the leaders that we've become. And we have to change. This has to change. And if it doesn't in the next six months, if we can figure out how to reshape this thing to be meaningful again for us and for our families and for the people who work for it, then we'll walk away. And it was, it we it was a commitment and, uh, we were determined. And about that same time, I got introduced to a man by the name of Adrian Kaler, who was self-proclaimed a business coach. I'd never heard of a business coach before. I mean, I was, you know, I was (laughs) wet behind the ears and this was still early in that time. And, uh, And so he came in and he was so much more than a business coach. He was somebody who invited us to be accountable to ourselves and to our families and to the people that worked with us to be somebody that, you know, was willing to stand for them in a meaningful way, to be connected to them, to be vulnerable as leaders, to not always try to look like we have everything, you know, figured out and going on. And um, he really, helped me shape my life in a way that I was really proud of. And ultimately, you know, a few years working with him, ultimately I bought amicably, I bought my partner out of the business. And then a few years later, I made the, I created the business and like got things in place where the business could be autonomous, kind of run itself. I was was losing my interest in filmmaking and, and video production, looking for what was next and really got that operating beautifully. And he helped me do all of that. And when all of that was done, I realized that what I wanted to be doing, what I was really passionate about was doing for other business owners and for other company founders, what Adrian had done for me and for my business partner. So that started my journey and, uh, working with him, studying with him. I now work with him. He's one of the founders of take new ground, Mm um, and uh, and this is what I get to do. I feel so lucky. I wake up every single morning pinching myself that I get to be in the most significant and risky conversations with business owners every single day that make an incredible impact for them, their families, and their people. And uh, that, that's how I got here.
1: Dude, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable and transparent and for being dare I say genuine, okay? I I run in lots of circles. I talk with lots of business coaches, leadership coaches, and they've graduated from some course and they have the certificate on their wall, but they don't have the life experience. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Um, you said you said so many things in there that we could just dive into. One of them, I love the. I want to be a better husband, a better father. Family's like my hot button. Yeah. And so many times we sacrifice that for the almighty dollar, and and I'm glad that you figured that out. Praise God. And I hope that as you as people listen to this, they'll they'll hear, um, in in the tone of voice, money's not a bad thing, but we shouldn't be pursuing it. We should be pursuing service to others. And that service comes from who we are and how we operate, right? Let's, it let's does. Talk, it let's does. Let's talk about that.
0: Yeah, I, it really does. I mean, but sometimes it's difficult to see that, right? And, and, you know, you said, I'm glad you figured that out. I think that's a little generous. I don't know that I've figured it out. Um, I have a new practice. That's how I talk about my life. That's how I talk about the ways that I'm being, is I'm practicing. Right. So I absolutely there are moments where I am willing to uh, fall back into that way of being where I sacrifice what's most important to me for the potential of a dollar or the potential of status and that my mind is willing to go there. It's like a neural pathway that's carved deep and my mind is willing to go there. And the practice is slowing down and saying, hold on, what do I value? Why do I value it? Who supports me the most? What am I going to, I really, I think a lot about death. I meditate on death a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a really, I, I'm, I'm very into Stoic philosophy. And they, if you know much about Stoic philosophy, they talk a lot about death and really the perspective from your deathbed. What will you be most proud of? And if I can, if I'm good in my practice, if I'm paying attention when that old Chad creeps up and is like, hey, man, you could make a lot of dough here. All you have to do is miss a birthday. All you have to do is work a lot of hours, travel all over the world. When that comes up, the opportunity for me is to say, well, hold on just one moment. Mm. What am I going to be most proud of? Yeah. When that moment comes, when I have to reflect on how I lived for the people that, I, that mean the most to me, what am I going to be most proud of?
1: Love it takes me back to Seven Habits. Stephen Covey, you're probably too young yep. for that
0: book. <laughs> no, I know Stephen Covey well.
1: Yeah, and so I'm rereading it now. I've owned that book for 32 years. Mm-hmm. I've read it. Dare I say a hundred times? I don't know. Lots of <laughs> falling apart. I've got notes and everything. But he talks about that experience, right? Going to your funeral yes. and you got four people talking, and and that that has shaped my life for many, many, many years, right? And it does change how we act in the present when we. Think about the future, and it helps us with values and understanding what's really important. One of my mentors drove into my mind, and, and I'll share this with you: is priority drives behavior, mm-hmm. and that's really what you're talking about. Is yes, as business owners, entrepreneurs, we get opportunities galore. Which one are you going to choose, or are you going to choose your family? And that's a that's actually probably better most of the time. How do you help people? How do you help business owners and things get from where they are struggling? they're they're just in the morass of business to start thinking about these pivotal um conversations,
0: Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, for me, it's always it's always about future pacing. Where is this going if it continues the way that it is now? And where do you want it to go? And in that future, like we play those out completely. Most business owners find me in a space where their business or their service, their product is really taken off, right? Mm -hmm. It's very much the same scenario I found myself in. The market says, this is valuable. Give us more of this. And they don't know how to lead people in a way or lead themselves in a way to provide that for the world in a healthy and thoughtful way, right? So my I'm I when I sit down with a potential client or even a new client I'm future pacing what the current reality is right so the amount that they're working the amount that they're stressing the amount that they are disconnected from their people or their families or whatever we future pace that we call it the parade of horribles we're going to line them all up and take a good look at them and and uh, and that really showed like because most people Most business owners and founders haven't taken the time to actually take a look at where this thing is going. Right. Because there's so much day-to-day that's demanded of them that they think to slow down and think about that, they would be neglecting what's needed. And in fact, this, what they are neglecting is the most needed for something like for a meaningful, purposeful existence. Yeah. Yeah. And so it takes me like interrupting that conversation a little bit and saying, hold on, Let, take a look at this. Where's this going? Yeah. Well, it's going towards uh, a nervous breakdown or it's going towards divorce or it's going towards my kids. Not, you know, my kids uh, not wanting to be with me when, I, when they're older, all of that sort of stuff. And then we get really, really clear on what it is you do want. What are you doing all of this for? And that's a powerful question. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of founders, they love to work. I know I do. Oh, yeah. I love, I said it earlier. I absolutely love what I do. So I could do it 12, 13 hours out of the day and I would be energized. Right. I just could, but that's not the life I want to live. That's not the impact or legacy that Mm -hmm. I want to leave. So we get really clear on that, you know, and, and a lot of, The other thing of this is a lot of founders and and business owners say, well, I'm doing this so that I can have freedom of time and money someday. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that is, that is such an interesting idea. I'm doing this so I can have freedom someday. Yeah. You don't know if you have someday, my friend.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's the problem. Yeah. And if I could show you how you can have freedom of time and money now would you want to know Mm -hmm. and they're like yes yes i'm in let's go show me how well you have to choose it that's right because right now every like right now everything you have and this is a risky this is a risky comment a lot of people don't like it when i say this to them but everything you have in your life right now you want Everything you have, everything you have in your life, and now I'm not talking about disease, and I'm not talking right. about abuse or any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the things that you've, the way you've set up your life to be, the way you've set up your business to be. And uh, if there was something else available, would you want to know? Right.
1: That, and that is such a penetrating question because too many business owners, founders, entrepreneurs, they don't think in those realms. And they think it has to be this way. A lot of times because they're just looking at their peers. Right. This is what what we do in our industry. Well, dummy, get your head up and look at a different industry. It doesn't have to be that way. And a lot of times that, you know, I so Chad, I'm a a marketing guy, right? I've been doing this for a long time. And I tell my audience all and my clients that I have three marketing coaches that look at my business because I Mm. am close to it to make good decisions about my business. I can look at your business, Chad, and psh, I got it. Right on. <laughs> but not me. And the same thing with how you help founders and entrepreneurs who are growing at a rapid pace to say, time out, let's think about that end game. And where are you going? And there, there can be seasons of imbalance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But I actually think balance is a lie.
1: Yeah. Well, here's my phrase on balance. You find balance by losing it. Yes. Think about riding a bicycle, right? So let's talk about that because as entrepreneurs, whether we are starting out, whether we're accelerating like crazy or whether we're trying to find the right people and realize maybe part of my churn is not the people. Maybe it's me because I've never been taught
0: how to be a great leader, right? That's right. Yeah. So This is, this is so fun because when we come into organizations, if, you know, most of the time we find ourselves in organizations by way of the CEO or the founder, and they, you know, when we first, there's, there's something not working in the business, or there's something not working in the way that they relate to the business. And pretty much every time they think in the first conversation, we're going to come in and we're going to show them how to fix their people. Love it. Oh, you know, we've got laziness and we've got people who don't care. And, you know, this, ge- this, is, the- this is my favorite one. This new generation, man, they just don't know how to work and yep. they don't know how to be with people. And for me, all of that is an illumination of them. Absolutely. It's just like they've just showed me all their cards. Whenever I hear those complaints, I'm clear on what's really going on here. And so I know where to dig. I know what buttons to push. And, you know, this isn't a very good advertisement for my work because, you know, founders and CEOs that hear this are like, no, nah, it's not me, man. Not I'm an, I'm the exception. And I'm saying you're not. That's right. You created or tolerated everything you have in your business. Yeah. You created or tolerated everything you have in your business. Now, that could you could see that as bad news. You could say, oh, Chad, no way, not me. I'm way smarter than that. I'm way better than that. I'm seasoned. Look at this thing that I've built. And I would say that's looking at that like bad news. right? But I would say it's actually good news. Because if you created or tolerated everything in your business, then you can create something else. Absolutely. Honest. But if it's all circumstantial, if it's all the other circumstances, if it's other people, if it's the generation, is if it's the market, you can't do anything about it, man. All right. Dude, it goes all the way back to Covey, man. Circle of
1: influence, circle of concern. Same thing that he talked about there. It's just that people read that and they give it lip service and go, yeah, 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 whatever. And they keep going on. I just wrote down on my notes here, you, you, I, you should create the fix my people tool chest that you can give to those CEOs, right? Well, we have a way to fix your people. And you open up the tool chest and it's a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's
0: so- That's great. So, That's great. I'll pay you for that later. There you go. <laughs> uh,
1: because yeah, we always want to point the fingers, but because changing myself, Chad is hard. I mean, I just hired a, another mentor in our business and he's like, this is going to be hard, Michael, because this is not quick fix. This is not yeah. a gizmo a gadget or a tool. Yeah. We're going to be doing some hard thinking, some hard working on you, your thinking, your hopes, your dreams. What is it? are you ready? I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah. But it's taken me a while to get there, right? And I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they want the quick, easy fix. They have the dream of, well, I'll build it. I'll I'll be like Chad. I'll have a business that runs by itself. Then I can go to Bahamas and I'll take the cruises. It, I don't think it's, I, that's the wrong mentality, isn't it? I mean, we should be enjoying life and, and we can do that. But if I'm not enjoying life today, something's wrong. And it yeah. doesn't mean I'm, I'm on the beach today. I'm working because I yeah. love but I mean, equipping my people, and and I want to talk a little bit about that equipping the people because a lot of entrepreneurs and founders, they're great at what they they do, and that's why they're so successful. But they don't know how to lead people. How do you how do you help them start bridging that gap of no? You might actually have the right people. How do you become a better leader?
0: Yeah, I don't I don't entertain the conversation of the right people or the wrong people. Mm, that's good. I just don't. I, I'm not interested in it. Um, now, there may be some people who are resistant to being led to a vision. That's fine. Yeah. They're not for you. They're not for, the, they're not for the organization. They're not wrong. They're not right. But my, I'm much more interested in the conversation of how are you enrolling people into the vision in a way that they see what's possible for them if they participate. Now... So this is there's a there's an um, there's an idea that I use called PVI. It's called personal vested interest. Okay. It's up to every leader to understand anybody on their team. And if you've got a larger organization, you've got to teach your managers how to understand this principle for each individual person. But personal vested interest is the phenomenon that happens when somebody's an employee's or a team member's personal vested interest or personal dreams, uh, uh, goals, aspirations align with the vision of the company. And when that happens, it goes a million miles an hour. Mm. People will care. They'll work hard. They'll, they'll pay attention. All of the things that you think are your, your team is struggling because of whatever. And you think, you possibly if you're listening to this, you think you can fix that by paying them more or offering them this bonus or putting a foosball table in the conference room. And all of that is nothing because they don't see how the mission of your company contributes to their PVI. Yeah. And so if you can make that connection, but first you have to actually understand what their PVI is, what is it they want? What do they dream about? What Mm -hmm. do they care about? If you can understand that, align how, like make your company mission and vision contribute to that, you will have the most loyal, amazing people that will work for you will become like a family because they see your contribution to what it is that they want
1: dude i, I love that um be, because number one you, you have to understand your own company culture and vision i think a lot of entrepreneurs need help there oh <laughs> yes, yes then to communicate that clearly and when you do that i mean i heard a recruitment ad on radio the other day for some company I almost had to pull over and throw up. I mean, it was so bad <sighs> because they're not doing any of this. Mm-hmm. And I, think, I think recruiting employees is a lot easier than most people think. Because doing exactly what you say. say. If you want to be part of this kind of company group or whatever, if you're this type of person, let's have a conversation, right? And and because you, I love the alignment. Because yeah, it's amazing. But, People will work for a pat on the back and an attaboy, a lot more than a dollar. You need to pay people well, but I, I want to be a part of something. Yes. Where we're growing and where yes. I'm going as a person, as part of a company. That's what I want to be part of. And business owners, founders struggle with that.
0: Right on. And I say, I hear a lot of people, like, especially I've had a few clients in the construction industry or mm-hmm. some of the other industries that kind of lend themselves to Floaters, I call them, people or levelers, people that are just like okay with whatever. And you know, they'll say to me, Hey Chad, but what if what if they don't have any dreams? What if they don't have any aspirations? What if they're just living day to day? They can't really articulate. Well, one, either you can inspire them into that conversation, because I say everybody is living for a reason. They maybe just haven't decided what that reason is yet. And two, so you could be a leader that inspires them into that, or They're not the people you want in your organization. That's right. Simple. Dude. You want people who care about something. Yeah. Because if they don't care about something, they're not going to care about you and your business and your clients and your customers. That's right.
1: And think about the impact. Going back to the very top, impact. When you have a culture like this, when when you're a leader of your organization, the greatest impact you're ever going to make is in the life of somebody else whether that's your employee or whether it's a it's a, a customer and it's not what you give them what you deliver it's the change in that person and when they get that when the light bulb comes off and you help them figure out that dream or something they're like, I never knew it they may stay with you for life kind of like you're doing with your with your company or they may say Chad I just figured it out I have to leave and you're gonna go
0: that's right way to go yes. Amen, amen, Michael. This I have this conversation constantly, and it like blows minds around every single corner. And it's such a simple idea of like if you are. So this is what I tell my clients when they first start working with me, and we're talking about the leadership because it's very interesting to take a really good operator or a very smart uh, innovator and make them a leader of people. Mm. And that happens naturally. It's a natural phenomenon. It's not typically well thought out. So when the brilliant person or the you know the the when the when the brilliant uh, entrepreneur gets the idea and they're like, oh, you know, it would be you know, it would so sell so well and it would have great profit margins and we could do this and we could do that and they go out and they put it in the market and it explodes. They don't haven't stopped to think. And this is why I love talking to. Younger audiences and college students that are thinking about being entrepreneurs, because they, at, up to that point, they haven't stopped to think that, you know what, at some point, I'm no longer going to be an innovator. I'm no longer going to be an operator. I'm going to be a, a developer of people.
1: Absolutely.
0: And That's- that never even crosses their mind they think entrepreneurship is about being you know getting rich selling a big product having a brand and really the only successful entrepreneurs that take it ever beyond solopreneurship mm-hmm. are the ones who can switch into developing human beings absolutely in a powerful way and that's it's a it's a big deal and so that's our, our whole work is like how do we Take this innovator and this operator, and switch the mission to developing human beings. Wow,
1: that I love that. I love that. Um, okay, you and I can talk for the next four sure. hours, or <laughs> at least okay. And I know you got a, point <laughs> I got a point. All right, so this is really interesting. I love this. Where can people get more information? Because you are you you've got this. Um. And I love this because you, I work with business owners, and entrepreneurs, founders who always want to go to the next level. They want to make that next thing. And you've got a methodology and a framework in a sense to, where you work with them to go, we can get you there, but it's not more marketing or better this or but it's, it's learning to become a developer of people, mm-hmm. a world-class leader. Because when you do that, you you immediately elevate your thinking, your processes, your everything changes. That's right. How do how do people find out more about you, what you do, how to work with you? Where do they go?
0: One of the best places is our podcast that you already mentioned, uh, Naked Leadership. Hop on over there. We take on co- we take take on leadership talk- topics every single week. My favorite, most recent episode that we did is episode one forty five, where I actually you know conflict and difficult conversations is one of the most hot topics our clients want to work through with us because business is just a series of difficult conversations. That's all it is. And so I had a gripe with our two founders, something difficult that I needed to talk about. I host the podcast. I got them on there and they thought we were going after a different topic. And I live on the podcast or recorded on the podcast, have this conversation with them. Uh, And it's risky and you can feel my Awkwardness, you can feel their awkwardness. It's it's a really wonderful, but it, I did it because I wanted to record, I wanted to document a uh, example of how we play in the realm of difficult conversations. So you can check that out. It's episode 145. I think it's called "How We Do Confrontation." That's where I would send you first. Secondly, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram. I put out uh, content regularly. I'd love to be connected to you there.
1: Okay. I will make sure that both of those links are in the show notes. So if you're out walking the dog or taking a walk or driving the car, don't worry. I've captured those in the show notes. He's linked in Naked Leadership Podcast, episode 145 specifically, but listen to the other 144 and maybe more than that. Um, Chad, this has been phenomenal. Thank you for doing what you do because it's so very needed in the entire spectrum of entrepreneurship. Mm. I I just appreciate your your authenticity, your genuineness, and your ability just to share in such an articulate fashion. Thank you, brother.
0: Thanks for having me. You're a a generous host. This was a lot of fun.
1: Thanks. Well, it's it's always fun to talk with world-class leaders. So Chad Brown, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for listening to Expert Speak. Tune in again. Thanks for listening to Expert Speak with Michael DeLon.
0: If what you've heard today was helpful to you, reach out to our expert guest and see how they can serve you to bring you more success, freedom, and purpose in your life.